first thing that comes to mind would probably be mountain biking because I used to mountain bike a lot um, really? before high school. Yeah, around like ages 10 to 14, I mountain biked for a good number of years. Nice. Like, how far would you say that you kind of went with it? Did you get pretty good? And like, was there a good trail system around your house and all that kind of stuff? Or Yeah, yeah. Um, there were actually a couple trails kind of close. One was uh, Lebanon Hills. Okay. Um, I have never heard of such a place. Yeah, I, I don't remember what, I think it's in like Burnsville or something, but uh, okay. yeah, that was a pretty good one. Uh, the farthest I ever went was I actually competed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, there was, um, it's like the Wisconsin mountain bike. Yeah, WR, W-O-R-S, yeah. I think it was called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought about doing it once, but never went ahead and did it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I did it uh, two years in a row. Jeez, I didn't know that. <laughs> did you have a nice bike or were you running on a... Uh, I actually kind of... I bought a bike and then I upgraded it. So it was probably in the end worth like 400 bucks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mountain biked kind of like eighth grade to freshman year of high school. I was like pretty into it. And lucky enough, there's like a pretty nice trail system up there. Yeah, definitely. Um. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I definitely didn't know you were involved with mountain biking at all. I used, yeah, like like I said, I used to be pretty into it as well. It was a good time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and <laughs> when you don't crash it, yeah, it's definitely good for your health. Yeah, one time <laughs> we were coming down like switchbacks on the side of a hill, mm-hmm. and I, I think it was kind of a situation where the my front wheel came up, mm-hmm. and I had to ditch out before I like flipped onto my back, and. uh so the bike takes off on its back wheel off of a hillside. And because it's a hillside, it's like way up in the air once it goes off the trail. Mm-hmm. And it gets stuck in a tree like 20 feet off the ground because it's Holy on the hillside. <laughs> yeah. And I can't, remember if, I can't remember what bike it was that I was using then. I used to, I used to ride like a, a semi-nice bike. I can't remember if it was that one or if it was like the starter bike that I started out on. But... I just remember that happening and feeling like a piece of shit because like what what are the odds? It's an impressive crash at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But other than that, never like lucked out, never really fucked up too bad. That's good. You ever get hurt doing it? Yeah. Actually my worst race ever. It, this, it was three laps. Um, Mm -hmm. first lap, like halfway through I crash. I'm not too roughed up or anything. So I keep going. Second lap, and this will <laughs> honor my namesake, I guess. I threw up. <laughs> nice. I threw up. Classic. It, this was like the breakfast I had the, this, that morning. So you could like see the cereal in the throw up. It was really oh, gross. <laughs> but then the third lap, right at the end, right before I finish, my handlebars kind of like hits a tree. So my wheel turns and I just go flying off the front. And it, no. having a big gash on my leg. <laughs> no bueno. So like as I finish and, and my mom's like cheering me on, she like sees it and you could see the horror in her face. <laughs> yes, you're all screwed up. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. But other than that, I not really. I, I kind of liked that as well. Nice. Yeah, I was happy I never broke a bone or something. I bought, we, so we used to go down Bliss Road to mm-hmm. like, and it was actually closed for a really long time when I was like in eighth grade or something. Okay. So like there was no foot traffic on it. So we could just like whip down the thing and, and biking up. It was super nice. Cause if the other, the only other way that we had, cause we didn't have driver's licenses yet yeah. was to go up the trails by pushing the bikes. And then, cause it was too steep to go up hill, unfortunately. But 
um, a buddy of mine wiped out, I think it was when we were freshmen in high school and just road rashed all the way down, like his arm, his side and his thigh. It's just like, Jeez. Had like gauze on it for the first couple of months of high school. I think that was rough. <laughs> uh, he was an all right guy. He ended up not being my friend after a while, but that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what was like going and doing sports? Okay. So you did sports with other kids that were doing school at home, but then like you competed against public schools or like, how does that work? No, I actually, um, cause I was in the school different district for uh, Jefferson high school. Okay. I was able to do sports there. So I ended up oh, doing shit. sports with kids, you know, in public school. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. For some reason. I, yeah. I, I can't remember <laughs> if I ever had like a situation like that where someone that was getting homeschooled in my district was competing with sports teams. I mean, it wasn't really common because yeah. when I was growing up too, homeschooling wasn't really common. Mm-hmm. Or it was kind of on the cuffs of being more common, I'd say. Yeah. But. We definitely had, like, I definitely knew people that were being homeschooled, and, like, Mm -hmm. I also had some friends that were being homeschooled that had just come into into high school. I thought it was interesting. One of my friends who was in my Boy Scout troop who was getting homeschooled, Mm -hmm. uh, this guy named Max, awesome guy, um, he and his brother transferred into my high school when he was a junior. Really? And I was like, dude, that's kind of bold of you. Like he, yeah. he was just like fearless though. He was such a kind of, he's like super duper like geeky in a good way, mm-hmm. but also like a karate wizard kind of guy. Like just like <laughs> he and his, I think him and his brother or just him for like a talent show thing at school once, like in high school mm-hmm. did like this crazy karate routine where they're like jumping and doing kicks and shit. And I was just like, damn, you guys are bold as fuck. And just like, I love the fact that he immediately had tons of friends. Everyone was like, this guy's crazy. Like we love him. And just like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Max is a cool guy. Um, I don't know what he's up to these days. He commented on one of my Facebook pictures recently, mm. but that's the yeah. only contact I've really had with him since. Um, yeah. Transitioning from that too, like as someone who's like pretty smart, obviously mm-hmm. like you, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, uh, just like, it's not, it's not even that great of a compliment to say like above average intelligence. Cause you know, the average person is dumb as shit and you have to think that most people are dumber than them kind of yeah. thing. And like, yeah. not to rip on anyone for like, no working that. in retail. I understand that. <laughs> exactly. Right. And like you grow to love people that you just like have to, okay. So that's like something that I deal with. I feel like mm-hmm. where you, you have to learn how to grow to like love people that you're just kind of sitting there waiting for them all the time you're just like i wish i could have like a more meaningful conversation with these people yeah <laughs> but, like they're just kind of like they don't give a shit about anything kind of thing i i i understand that definitely like most people won't want to talk about like what's life going to be like in 50 years or any exactly kind of any like, a, like that yeah like, i totally agree past the mundane but I've also noticed, like, if you can kind of entice them into it, like, ask kind of questions between, like, you know, what's, (laughs) what's the weather like tomorrow? And then, you know, far on the other side, like, kind of tease and intrigue them almost. Yeah. I feel like you can get conversations like that out of people. Like, like, 
yeah, I've, 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 yeah, I've, I've gone, I've done that with them, you know? Yeah. Like I would never sit down with be like, dude, what do you think is going to happen in like 20 years or something like, or like, or even say like, what do you think consciousness really is? Or like some, like any sort of question like that, I would just imagine him like looking up at you with like a little bit of ranch dressing on his face and just being like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Or he'd laugh and be like, what? (laughs) Exactly. Like think it's a dumb question to ask. And I really appreciate about uh, that about like, yeah, I've definitely like run into a a good, a good handful of people at UWL where I Mm -hmm. feel like I could do that. But I've also like, tried to be friends with and have tried to be in relationships with people that I was just blown away by how little that they cared about like anything going on. Yeah. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, how can you not? Yeah. Just like kind of detached. Curious. Yeah. Like the, the lack of curiosity, they're completely like, what, what's the word? Just like indifferent to what's happening in the world. And like, and not even just like, current events or like the news Mm -hmm. which is one thing but like just like the the life experience in general like they never pause to go like isn't this all crazy (laughs) like like, they're just like they think it's like some sort of thing that they're like everybody's doing it like it's not a big deal asking any question makes you stand out so that's weird and i won't do it and i just that bothers me like no other yeah i mean you also have to consider they're probably just fully invested in their world and what's important to them. So like mm. instead of spending the time thinking about, Oh, <laughs> what's the heat death of the universe going to be like, right? Something crazy. They're probably like going to be thinking like, Oh, what's going on with my friend right now? Or, Oh, what's happening at work or stuff like that. They're just, yeah. it's when they, where they invest their mental energy. Right. That they have, it's, it sounds bad, but like they have the small world mentality where like they're mm-hmm. not taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture ever. And I often blame that kind of thing on like why I don't focus well or like why, like I think that it really, like I'm good at school because I take a step back and look at big picture stuff all the time mm-hmm. and like try to connect different things and like more explore my creativity in my perception of the universe and stuff. But like, I think when you just have like this narrow tunnel vision on what like life is and like, try not to let like thoughts from what all this craziness around you penetrate in that, like that makes it a lot easier for people to just grind out homework. Think, think one week ahead, two weeks ahead kind of thing. Whereas like, I feel like I'm often distracted and like want to focus on like big crazy picture stuff and get bored with, you know, why am I doing homework when I could be right. trying to find like a meaning in life or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, and I'm sure there's, like you said, there's pros to doing that too. Like I'm sure whenever you like start looking into a new topic or exploring a new interest, you like, you fully, I don't know how to phrase it. Like you see all aspects of it, so to speak. Sure. And, and then you can like, learn from whichever side you want to but yeah like you said it it makes it hard to focus which is probably why like the average person who has like a 40 hour nine to five job doesn't really invest the mental energy there because they probably have to have that small focus to survive their job or like not grow bored <laughs> right and yeah how, how, how would you say that like in that perspective you cope with your job because like 
is your job a lot of I don't know how what I've never done a job <laughs> like that in particular, but I imagine it's a lot of mundane. Oh, it really is. Yeah. I how I've been learning to cope with that. Um, well, kind of half of my job is out being on the floor, like stocking stuff because you know, I work in a grocery store. But right. the other half is kind of just prepping stuff in the back. Right. And one thing I have found to really help with passing the time prepping stuff in the back is listening to podcasts. Oh, yeah. Because we have a speaker back there. So I, I can kind of be like zoning out, just automatically doing the mundane stuff and then just like listening to stuff. Like one podcast I started listening to uh, is Unexplained Mysteries, which is kind of fringe stuff or like weird stuff with like history mm-hmm. or or just a variety of unexplained stuff like one was on spontaneous human combustion which was super interesting <laughs> that's okay i got yeah. a great story about yeah. that um okay wait so my parents have like there's a story with my family about spontaneous human combustion but uh-huh. when my mom was explaining it she says that um what 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 people kind of concluded it was is that people would like fall asleep on their armchair with cigarettes mm-hmm. and then it would light up the armchair and then they would die and whatever but my dad um, so he can't remember where exactly he saw it, but he was like dead certain that spontaneous human combustion was like a real thing and he had a bunch of like nerdy friends <laughs> and they all wanted to go. They all went to the library before mm-hmm. computers. So they're looking at like index card things, right? <laughs> and they're trying to find spontaneous human combustion in these index cards. And when they can't find it, they're just like, I can't believe it. If it's not at the library, it can't be true. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. He's just like, he didn't know why he 100% believed in spontaneous human combustion until the library told him otherwise. But uh, what, is, what did that podcast have to say about it? Um, so there were a couple different theories on like why it happens. Because there have been like a couple eyewitness cases of like people like going up in flames, like just suddenly. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Their theory, uh, I'm forgetting the exact, like, chemical, but I guess um, when people are, like, constantly stressed or, like, or, like lack of sleep or, like, alcoholics, um, our cells, like, naturally produce some flammable substance, which they think... Really? Yeah, they think that's why we, like, only the humans burn and, like, not the outside area and why they burn so quickly too. Cause I guess in one case, like a lady burned to ash in 20 minutes, which is like not supposed to be possible without like extreme temperatures of like right. 15 to 2000 degrees Fahrenheit or some shit. But, um, their theory is like, that's why they burn so hot. Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah, they're like people that like accidentally like drop matches or like lit cigarettes and fall asleep. Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No one knows for certain, obviously, because it's so rare. Right. But it's it's cool that your job lets you do that. I've always been like super critical of places that they're like, we're going to make you do something that your brain will rot doing because there's no stimulation and you're not allowed to like provide your own, <laughs> provide any sort of entertainment for yourself. And they're yeah. like, also don't talk to your coworkers. And you're just like, what are you like? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. Or like when I worked at a grocery store and I was doing like front end stuff or like mm-hmm. checking people out, they're like, don't sit down. I was like, what are you talking about? Like I'm doing an eight hour shift. Like, why can't I sit down ever? 
And I'm like, I'm not going to sit down all the time. Like, if you told me to sit down for eight hours, I'd probably also be upset. I'm just like, why can't there be like, I'm sitting, I'm standing, I'm sitting, I'm standing. Like, right. <laughs> that That's a really interesting thing about like the culture in the U.S. too. Like, if you're not standing, you're not working. Because in the U.K., all of those grocery, all grocery stores let checkers sit down. Right. Like, yeah, the U.K., Europe, all, all of their, like, it's so wild. Mm-hmm. Like, just noticing the difference. Like, and that's, yeah. What bothers me about that is like you, like you and I looking at that, like we go like, especially when I go into grocery stores now, because I used to do that. I always just go like, man, like I wish these people were like allowed to sit down. Mm -hmm. And then the reason that they don't do that is the only people who ever like comment about it are like older folks. And I don't know what it was about back in the day, but they were just like so uptight about that sort of stuff and like the expectation from older the older generation is like they look at us and they go like why aren't they working harder and i go like it's like we're working harder than you did like it was terrible but also how is standing versus sitting affecting how hard i'm working (laughs) yeah honestly like if i'm not yeah if i'm not upset about the fact that i'm not allowed to even make that choice for myself like i feel like i might do i might be nicer to you and i might work harder for you instead of like if i'm comfortable i'll be more friendly (laughs) exactly i'll be more likely to be able to deal with whatever complaint you have (laughs) right yeah yeah and i yeah i that bothered me immensely at the grocery store and also just like the they had they had a policy where like i'd be working as a doing checkout and um Mm -hmm. i'll be doing checkout and no one would be coming to check out and i would stand like i would clean my register if nobody else came there, I would go to the front and I would like re- restock the like chips and crap that they have at the front of registers. Mm-hmm. And then if no one else came then, I would just go and stand in front of my register like to like let anybody who's coming in know that my register is open, even though I had a little light. Mm-hmm. If they saw you standing there for more than like 30 seconds, they got pissed and they were like, you need to be doing something because we're paying you. I was just like, you need to get more people in the store then or send me home. Like <laughs> there's nothing to do. <laughs> exactly. And they'd just say like, well, can you restock all the other registers? I'm like that's actually somebody else's job. And like, they already did it. Like it's just like the, the idea that yeah, oh, everybody's trying to like cut exactly right to the corner every single time. Like they just want every little drop of money out of you. And I just go like, man, I was like 17. Like, why am I working so hard? <laughs> I'm getting paid. I think I got paid $9 an hour at that place. And I was balling compared to my friends. Wow. Because I had, when I had turned 16, I got, immediately got a job at a pizza place mm-hmm. in lacrosse. And I worked the register there a lot. Like I also did other jobs, but I worked the register a lot. So when I applied to work at a grocery store and I said I had register experience, they hired me at $9 an hour. And some of my, and my friends all started at minimum wage or like seven, seven, five, seven, 75 or something. So they've been working there longer than me. And, uh, I was getting paid like two bucks more and they were just not happy with that. It burned apparently. Wow. That, that's so interesting too. Like how, how companies will value like experience when you apply more than like experience gained on the job. Yeah. Like right now, if I quit and reapplied to I could probably get paid more That's a weird than I'm way making to right it. now. That's super interesting way to put it too. Like if you work there a year, quit and reapply, you'd probably be make more money than you would if you just continued working there. Yeah. That's so strange. 
You should almost do that. You should quit and go to another grocery store and then come back. <laughs> I like everyone had the though. <laughs> like all my coworkers. Yeah. I I know quite a few people who work there now. Like you know, um, you know, Sam. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever met Michelle, but she also works there, I think. Like front end or something, but I'm sure I I'm sure I've met her, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, they're great people. But uh Yeah. The working situation in the U.S. is so cr- crazy to me. Like, what do you feel about, like, a $15 minimum wage? What does that seem like to you? Mm, I didn't see. There's definitely a problem, but I don't know if, like, a government mandate is the solution. Because, mm. yeah, it will help a lot of people, but mm-hmm. artificially inflating the cost of a resource, which labor is a resource. Mm-hmm like consequently will reduce demand for it. So a lot of people will also be out of jobs. Yeah. The, but I mean, you even look at like the, the minimum wage has been raised in certain like cities, states, that kind of stuff, but not mm-hmm. federally. And then all of a sudden self-checkout, uh, you look at like go to McDonald's and now you can order food without even talking to somebody. Yeah. The it's moment like, like labor, the cost of labor is more than the cost of automation. Automation's instant. Right. Which then, like, you go and look... I mean, that's... I, I totally think that if automation can replace all those jobs, that, yeah, go ahead and do it, because I fucking hate that job. Yeah. But then you do have to give people money for not working. Because if you're making bazillions of dollars by creating automated self-checkouts, automated, like... Name anything. If you automate it, you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta realize that there's gonna be a bunch of people put out of work and that they need compensation for the fact that it's impossible to get a job until you have a bachelor's degree. Like, how are? Yeah. I mean, in twenty years, what is getting a job as a high school student gonna look like? Like, it could be kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's something to look at, certainly. Right, because I mean, like every golf courses are still gonna need their mode, their lawns mode, and they're not mm-hmm. gonna be able to afford automation. But when all of the jobs at the grocery store are automated and shelves are restocked by little robots like they are at Amazon, I don't know where most college or most college and uh, high school students are going to be employed through. So yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with that. I mean, yeah, I I really I haven't thought about that too much, so I I don't really have a have a prediction at least for what it's going to look like. <laughs> totally. Like, yeah, it's just like, and, and that's the kind of dumb shit that I'm thinking about when I'm pulling weeds all day. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? I wonder what's going to happen. And, uh, and then, I, and then you got to try to inform yourself and like actually like figure out what you think should happen. And then you got to advocate that politically. And like, that's a lot of work. Like, so much work. <laughs> exactly. And like so many, like I don't blame my friends when they don't do anything like that. Cause I go like, yeah, like it's boring a lot and it's also like a lot of work and you're not getting paid to do it. So <laughs> like I understand that you'd rather focus on studying or going to the beach or whatever it is. But yeah, then I, then I empathize with my friends that are like very political and you have people saying like, like why is people often judge people for being like very politically vocal yeah and i get it because sometimes it's just like you gotta shut up 
and not share your opinion on everything. And then also like sometimes their opinion seems like, like an echo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like if somebody walked around the house singing somebody else's song all the time, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, yeah, but that's not your thought. Like you, it's trendy. Like it's, yeah, it's like hearing the same song on the radio all the time. Mm -hmm. Eventually it gets old and you go like, I wish that you had your own political views. Like, even if I agree with what you're saying, you you can't defend it because you haven't thought about it. (laughs) Right. And I also think that there's something to be said for like sharing what your political stance is over and over and over again, instead of working towards achieving that political stance is like a waste of energy. Like someone who it's, it's virtue signaling. It's saying it for the social quote unquote capital of being on that side of the issue without working towards achieving that side's goals. Yeah. Totally. Like, that's exactly what I like. And I have a person in mind that, like, I get bothered by seeing their shit over and over and over again on the on social media. Everybody does. <laughs> exactly. And I go, like, it. what what you're doing is, like, overshadowing what I would do, which would be, like, every once in a while when I think that there's something that's, like, it needs to go over the precipice. Yeah, that's really important. It needs attention. Yeah, that when I share that, it gets drowned out by the fact that you are continuously... Or even, like, that message gets less attention because people are like, oh, just another political message. Like, mm-hmm. why should I even spend the energy reading this? Right. And that there's whole monetized operations for creating political posts to be shared and, like, all yeah. this sort of stuff. Social media is a very bad place for democracy, I think. When, once so once the virtue signaling aspect has come into play where it's like it's for likes and shares and stuff once that becomes like a a way to make money and it's been politicized i think it's often not good for anybody social media a hundred percent has been i think the worst thing for politics because not yes. only is it just yeah spamming of political messages but everyone's attention spans are so short now just because they're in the whenever you open up facebook like when you're scrolling you're you're training yourself just to be brief and reactionary yeah so like all you all you do is read a post oh like read a post oh like oh read a post dislike you know so like the moment you add politics into that and everyone's already just trained to be reactionary Mm mm-hmm Everything is just reactionary response and outrage now, and no one's even like engaging or talking about the issues. Right. And uh, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And I understand why, when you're able to comprehend it, like in that, when, like when you're willing, willing to think about it that in that in depth, yeah, that you will disengage from it mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't want to pull it, I don't want to participate in that. And then that's why, to me, it's it was so important to have, like, my family step in and to talk to me about things and go, like, well, you have to look at the history of it and go, like, mm-hmm. engaging with the political system has a history of, like, not being like that, where people were really thoughtful and, like, organizations, organized protests, organized political movements and all this sort of stuff, and that you can still do that today it's just really tempting to 
grasp the low hanging fruit of like, if people want to know that I support black lives matter, I have to share a post by them instead of I'm going to vote, contact my, my political representatives, get organized, Mm -hmm. demonstrate. There's a lot of people who think that they've achieved what needs to be done just by like doing the the super easy thing that means nothing. Changing their profile picture frame. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. <laughs> I would I I would love to know how many people, like not a proportion of people, I don't believe that that would make that much of a difference, but like how many people would be willing to change their profile picture frame and then have never voted even though they can. Like right. I go like, yeah, and or I mean, voting is one thing. You can say I vote every four years. I vote for the president. I vote in my state, whatever. Um, but also, like, you still have to engage with those people once they're in office and like let them know what, who they're representing and what they think, kind of thing. Like, yeah, and well, even pay attention enough to know if they're following through. Right. Yeah. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day, and it. Like, I don't mean to embarrass them when I say this, because I think it's not a failure on their part. It's a failure on some sort of societal level where they're our age. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to them and I was just like, hey, like, I just, I, oh, I'm going to go vote today. Do you want to come? And they were like, no, I don't really know who I would vote for. And I was like, oh, this is like a very good opportunity for me to like talk to yeah. someone and be like, oh, like, well, what do you think? Because if they turned out to want to vote for Republican and I would vote for Democrat, like, that's okay with me. I just want them to go vote. Yeah. And uh, they, I was like, so, well, are you a Republican or a Democrat? And they're like, I don't know the difference. Like, yo, you're 22 and you don't know the difference between a Republican and a Democrat? Like, yeah. Like, okay, are you more progressive or conservative? I don't really know what those words mean. I was like, Okay, like your parents did you a disservice because I'm sure your parents voted. Yeah, I hope I, your parents voted. Like, because if your parents didn't don't vote either and don't participate, then their parents did them a disservice. Because I think like somebody. I mean, I, I. I. But I also go like, how many times when I was in, how many times when I was in a public school? Like, I don't know if this is the case for you. I hope your parents were like very like, you should go vote. Mm-hmm. But when in public school, they told you all the time, it's like the most powerful thing you can do. You literally get to decide. So, yeah. so to have somebody that went through that, and I'm sure they went to the same state public schools that I did, was probably told over and over again that they need to vote and they need to be informed, like not know what those things are, is pretty crazy to me. Yeah, that's that's some fundamental like education they missed. Yeah. Like, even just knowing the difference. Like I can understand like why some people might not want to like participate in the political system even system even just because they're like fatigued Mm -hmm. from all the just hyper focus on politics the last few years have been Mm -hmm. like i I can get that kind of like mental fatigue and just and just wanting to step back but like not even being interested enough to understand the system and what's going on or the differences like yeah that's doing yourself a disservice honestly because you you're losing the power to shape the country right yeah, and that's what's so scary is, like, you look at how people feel disenfranchised. Like, yeah. like oh, like, I feel like young people aren't represented in politics at all. It just seems like an old white dude game kind of stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of old white dudes going out to vote. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, if you just let one group of people vote, all they're going to do is, as 
work their own to, interests. Yeah, they, they're going to work to make sure that they never stop being the ones who are in, are in charge. And and I I don't think that that's like an old person thing. I don't think that's a white person thing. I think that's like an everybody thing. Everybody wants their guy to be in charge. And everybody wants their interests pursued or fulfilled. Yeah, but man. Yeah, I remember that bothering me like quite a bit. Uh, I I feel like right now is a time to be like a, at least aware of what politics are, yeah. like what how they can shape the country and how they can change things. How much they can affect your life too, like yeah. Remember that twelve hundred dollar check everybody got? Like right. that was a lot of people's work to get that to happen, and that hopefully helped a lot of people. I, mean, I think that there's more that needs to be done, but. I mean, a lot of people are about, a lot, a lot of people are about to get to evicted on July 1st. A lot oh, of stuff. Yeah. On, a lot, I've been keeping up with that. A lot of shit's about to go very south. They're looking at like millions of people are facing evictions. Jesus. Can you imagine being forced into homelessness during a pandemic, during a recession? <laughs> like, well, fuck. yeah, but first having where you work shut down, like... Mm -hmm. Not being able to get a job because everywhere shut down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get $1,200, but like everything continuing to be shut down and then just getting evicted. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like. You just feel like the world's falling apart. Like, well, it's so powerless too. Like you could do nothing wrong and then have been evicted. Yeah. And that's just so just horrible to think about, honestly. Right. And to know that like. And then you. Uh, on local levels places have like i think it's like ithaca new york has ended all evictions and paused all rent and so what they're doing like um they're supplementing incomes to landlords okay so because you couldn't pay for everybody's rent mm -hmm. but you can give landlords enough to live off of comfortably until because there's only how many i mean like when you really yeah. think of how many landlords there must be in lacrosse hundred two hundred like if the, that exactly you could raise enough money to keep those people from going under yeah and then that would just mean that everybody goes rent free for a while until this shit blows over like that would help people um yeah that's a workable solution yeah right or at least an idea because i know it won't work for everywhere like new york city or something there might be like a million landlords or something <laughs> stupid right. but, um but yeah and yeah just oh uh, yeah that's a a nightmare to think about. Yeah. Like I have continued to be so thankful for the fact that like I'm a young person who has a non pretty much a non-essential job. Technically it's essential determined by the state, but it's kind of like, I understand that it's not really, mm. and I've been able to continue working and making enough money to pay for rent and then some, Yeah. like poof, I'm lucky though. Like a lot of places, like if I worked at a restaurant or something, or if I worked for, you know, the state or, a lot of places I would probably be out of a job right now. Yeah. And I can't imagine finding a job is very easy. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. uh, where, where I work, uh, we just hired a couple new guys, but like before we got the, the loan from the government, I mean, yeah, our hours were cut and I doubt we would have hired anyone soon. Cause mm -hmm. literally after the pandemic started, like half of our business just went away. Oh yeah. It was pretty drastic. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that it's, it's crazy to think that like how much of a burden has been placed on smaller businesses like that. 
Cause mm-hmm. that's not like a tiny business even, but like, yeah, this, this could crush you. And I, I, I don't personally know like what efforts have been taken to make sure that like mom and pops hair salon doesn't go completely under right now, mm-hmm. but there has to be something going on because otherwise all these small businesses, like especially in like lower income areas are totally yeah. going to go under. Yeah. Like no question. I, I sure hope that their like their incomes are being supplemented and stuff. But at the same time, like people's incomes need to be supplemented because there's a lot of working families who are just like, like you said, like mom and dad are now out of a job right. and rent is due. <laughs> so like, what the fuck are you about to get done? Man. Um, what do you call it? So I, I drive, I drive past your house on the way to work every day. Mm-hmm. When I got out there and then I took that right onto Main Street and was going past the, uh, going past the library, um, mm-hmm. I watched a possum run across the road, <laughs> which I had never <laughs> seen in lacrosse before. Have you ever seen one running before? No, I it's haven't. It's like the funniest thing. <laughs> They're super, they just don't look like they were designed correctly. They look like a bad car or something. Like, <laughs> uh, they look like a disabled chihuahua. Like... Did you hear the library's getting closed? Like the bar or like the place? The place. The public library is getting closed. Damn. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't like indefinitely kind of? Like forever. (laughs) Whoa. I didn't know it was like shutting down. Yeah. Apparently uh, we don't have the funding anymore. Oh, I've seen shit about this on the internet. Yeah. They're talking about how they don't have enough funding for the library and like some parks and rec stuff. Which is bullshit, because we spent $40 million on the new, like... Oh, really? Yeah. A community center. Right. Yeah. Because they did that stuff, and then, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff about, like, the idea of, like, reducing the police uh, funding to supplement the library funding. Mm. A lot of my really left-leaning friends have been, you know, touting that, and I don't know. I don't know why we have a bear cat. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to do with that fucking thing? And, uh, but, you know, as soon as something like what just happened in lacrosse happens, support for police funding from the older generation, it's going to be there. Like no, nobody, nobody thinks that the correct response to a gun, someone being gunned down in a bar in a pretty small place like this is to reduce police funding. It just doesn't sound like it makes sense, even though it should, (laughs) The, it might make more sense than you think, or at least, like, a change with the police department. Because totally. there was, like, five or ten, like, reports about the guy before that happened to the police already. Yeah, I heard that so, there was a lot of crazy shit that he was up to before this happened. Yeah, Just so I don't like, think people are going to be happy with the police. <laughs> no, they. that's true. Like, once... Mm, it's that's gonna be the highlight of the story once it comes out it's like yeah. right now i totally appreciate that it's not like at least like in my like little cosm or like community i don't mm-hmm. know what cosm is I'm like, i don't know if that's like some crazy <laughs> shit my little cosmos or like little social circle on the internet and stuff uh it's all been sharing like his story the guy who was unfortunately killed and stuff okay and just talking about like how great of a person he was, like all the organizations he was affiliated with and just like what he wanted to do with his life and uh, very little about the guy who did the killing, which That's is good, which is like, it's, which seems positive to me. Yeah. However, I did see somebody post something that was like what you said. It just like listed off these things that he had done 
before this happened and you just go how is this not like a red flag that someone caught how could he own a gun yeah pulling knives on people in bars like, and like owns a gun lawfully yeah. i don't know if he owns it lawfully but I, I hope he fucking didn't because that makes that look bad for sure <laughs> man man i feel so bad for those people it's so tragic the bar or the bartender fucking brain fart uh the <laughs> bouncer he was just doing his job like protecting right. the people in the club and he dies for it that's so horrible yeah i mean if he got beat up like if he got a punch thrown at him you just go like man like nobody deserves to have that happen at work especially when what they're doing is just like making sure everyone else is cool right but to die like Like, geez when when firefighters die i go like man did you really want to do that for that job like for a job you want to do that right but this is a bouncer like geez nobody wants to die for that job like i don't get it yeah it's not his duty to die yeah, fucking poor guy. It's just like I feel bad, and I'm really detached from it. I can't imagine what it's like being in, within that, mm-hmm. within that world of of his and stuff. But or even working at that bar, like yeah, I'd probably quit. Yeah, I've had a couple of friends that work there that are talking about it on social media and stuff, and just like doesn't seem like they're cool with it at all, which is like one thousand percent understandable. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, no one should ever have to be cool with that happening. But, yeah, that's pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. Right? It's life. Yeah. It's, that's how conversations go, I guess. Um, what else, though? So, how are you, like, in, like, living on your own right now? Because you're just kind of alone in that spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. None of my other roommates have moved in or like if they've moved in they're not living there um right i'm honestly really enjoying the freedom like i i can kind of just you know whenever i get back home i don't have to i don't know it it feels bad saying like put on a face but you know like yeah i can can totally get that completely relax i can honestly if i want to walk around naked i can like i have that sort of freedom right i'm really enjoying yeah I am missing, like, having people around, though, like, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of just, like, whenever I feel like talk, talking to someone, like, I have to go someplace to talk to them now, yeah. instead of just, like, walking out of my room. Yeah, but no, totally. I'm For the most part, I'm really enjoying it. That's good, man. I'm happy to hear that. This This yeah. new situation for me has been, like, kind of interesting. Um, I don't really know any of these people super well yet, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, that is what it is. But yeah. like the same thing that I would say, like I miss like kind of having at least like not necessarily like they're my best friends even, but just people around Yeah, and, uh, t- to talk to that aren't, you know, acquaintances, you know, they're like people I've known for a while and you know. Yeah, you could kind of vent to when you need to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you, have you met anybody that's going to live with you? Yeah, yeah, I've met uh, three of the guys so far. Nice. Three of the five. How was that? They all seem cool. I mean, they definitely kind of in the bro category. Nice. With the house, but I, good, I like uh, that. That'll be a good, like, social experiment for you. Yeah. See how much, like, that works out. <laughs> I wonder what, how I would feel about it. Yeah, I'm going to have to go over there and see the place sometime. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Totally. Um, do you like being in this part of the town again? Yeah, 
Yeah, I do. I, I I'm like, closer to my work, which I really like. Oh, t- you're super close to work, actually. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like about four it. blocks. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully it's. Oh my god, it's so crazy! It's almost July, and like there's no downtown fun anymore. Like I just how different this would be if I was living this close to downtown and like right. downtown was open. Man, that's a bummer. Like I, I reject I, what it, what is it like even? I reject what downtown is, because so often. If I go so, if I go downtown sober, mm-hmm. I just go there and like observe and feel like I'm not a part of it, and I just go like, man, this is a bunch of people denying the fact that they wish that they could have some sort of that they they a lot of them either wish that they could just go home and like be one on one with someone or just like with a small group of people and just having fun, and then there's like a small group of people who are just like, this is actually what they enjoy, yeah, and like we've hung out with those people before, oh yeah, and it's just like it's taxing to be with them because like you go like how do you know every single person at this bar and how why are you here every thursday friday saturday sunday happy hour on tuesday you have to go and then like just like you spend hundreds of dollars a week downtown (laughs) and then there's a whole nother crowd of people that they're just drunk putting up with it and like trying to go home with somebody like and that's that's the whole like mo there it, honestly yeah <laughs> but then when you're drunk and you're like the the third category you can have a ton of fun because yeah. you don't look at it you don't you're not analyzing it all you're just participating and like i've had great nights downtown <laughs> just had so much fun <laughs> but yeah it's you gotta you gotta play the game correctly you can't spend too much money you can't get too drunk you can't go too often oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah every once in a while just like a saturday night pre-gaming with hard liquor so it's not expensive and so it lasts a while and then you just go downtown and have that time of your life yeah oh god i miss it honestly (laughs) just like extra goofy i hope like all i hope is halloween doesn't get canceled honestly oh dude that would suck but oh yeah no students will still be around for halloween but yeah, man. Because it's on a full moon this year. No, uh, that's uh-huh. crazy. Saturday night full moon. That's it's on a Saturday. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait. I love Halloween. I don't it's know. so great. Like seeing everyone in costume downtown too. Like just drunk out of their minds. <laughs> I don't know why it's like such a hardcore drinking holiday. You just go like <laughs> it's crazy already. Everyone's in a costume. You don't have to get fucked up. No, but when you're drunk, the costumes are so much better. <laughs> yeah. I thought that, like, when I was living with JJ, mm-hmm. or not with JJ, but at JJ's place. Yeah. I was like, why don't we have a Halloween party every weekend? <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't need to be Halloween. You just tell everybody, like, hey, just come on over in a costume. We'll have a holiday. We'll have a Halloween party in, you know, September, November. Like, everybody, like, it just seems like it's such a giant refresher. And I feel like no matter what, people would have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, I think people love costume parties so much because they don't have to put in work trying to look good for a party. Yeah. They can just be in something comfortable and casual. Yeah. And have it be, like, I I don't know, the idea that, like, what you're going out to to be, like, viewed in is supposed to either be, like, funny or, like, you know, relevant or just, like, anything and just, like, stand out, like, Mm -hmm. instead of, like... That's, I think that's what I, I think I just figured out what I love about Halloween. It's, I have a huge hatred 
for anybody who tries to go out and fit and like just like do everything down to the T where they just look like everybody else kind of thing. As mm-hmm. soon as I see somebody doing that and they're like, oh, I bought these shoes because everybody else wears them too. Or like any sort of thing like that. I just go like, yeah, that was dumb. Like, I don't know why you don't look, you don't look for things that are you. Like you don't try to establish like a thing that is you or when it comes to like clothing even, or just go like, I don't care about that. That's not, that doesn't define who I am. That doesn't express who I am or define who I am. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of people that are like that. And whenever I hear people making fun of those people, I go like, yeah, but like you literally have to look in the mirror before you leave the house because you think that the way that your clothing looks on you defines who you are as a person. Whereas like a lot of people, that's not the case. They don't, don't, that's, they won't be comfortable so that they can do the things that actually do define them as a person. And, uh, I, and I envy those people. I'm, I think I'm somewhere in the, well, no, I am the opposite of the people who dress like everybody else to look like everybody else and that's what they want out of their clothing situation i very much like to go like i like looking like something i like Mm -hmm. wearing a goofy outfit downtown i like wearing t-shirts from bands that i love i love doing something that's i like having my own style and i think it's kind of fun to like watch how people react to the way that you can like form a perception of yourself with that sort of thing even though it's so stupid it's clothes it's pieces of fabric you wear on your body gives a shit what protects you from the elements yeah once it loses functionality i like kind of start to go like oh this is dumb but then like at the same time it's just too much fun i like wearing jumpsuits to class people just like are staring at you the whole time you're expressing yourself yeah yeah and unfortunately expressing myself is mostly rejecting what's normal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like and you're expressing that part of yourself you don't like the normal or the average or the mundane right i think i've always uh been super attracted to what i just call like like a punk rock factor mm-hmm. just like when somebody like there's there's so it's super broad for me but whenever it's like something that's like rebellious or someone saying something just for chaos reasons like there's no i'm super attracted to that and that's why i was originally attracted to well, I, I can edit shit out. I used to like be really into hanging out with because I was like, okay. what the fuck is this guy doing with his shit? Like, it's <laughs> just like a rejection of what is normal. <laughs> um, but then I got to know him and I was just like, it's more confusing than that. He isn't right? like me. He doesn't just appreciate chaos. He just is chaos, but it's like totally misguided. Like, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I don't know what it is. My theory is... Everything he does is for attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. And that's why he was rebellious, too, is being rebellious draws attention. Mm-hmm. As soon as you got him out of a crowd, just like... Yeah, yeah one-on-one. He's, like, he's actually, like, a really wonderful guy to talk to and, like, Manageable. really interesting. And, yeah. But the moment, like, there's an audience, he starts performing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, ah, man... Like I catch myself at that point sometimes too. It's 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 a weird situation for me when it happens. It's usually alcohol induced because for the most part, once a crowd of people is over, especially when there's people I don't know there, but usually when there's more than like three, four, five people mm-hmm. in a group, I just have to go from being like involved to observing. 
And I end up just like kind of bouncing between like little meta groups and just like, I just can't, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to flourish there. And usually I end up leaving pretty soon after (laughs) like a lot of people end up doing something. Um, unless I'm like wildly intoxicated and then I'm like, I'm ready to party. And there's like a lot of people here to party with me. I'm excited. But man, that's gone away. Yeah. When I met, when I, when we started living together, like, I feel like. I have never have not seen that that version of me for months. Like it's just hmm. gone. Like that guy who would go like be the craziest guy at the bar, or like the guy who would like walk on furniture in our house and like sing songs <laughs> and like all that sort of stuff. That's gone. I don't know where he went. Huh. <laughs> like it just never happens anymore. Probably the pandemic put a stem on that. I'm sure <laughs> definitely helped. Yeah. 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 But. I, I, yeah, I wonder if I grew up or if I am just like, or yeah, if this stuff is just so stressful that like, it's hard to let loose like that anymore for me. Mm. I'm sure there have been just less circumstances where you could even too. Totally. Yeah. There's just like not those social situations where you can just be crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There's no parties anymore. (laughs) Yeah. There's a general atmosphere of stress in general. Seriously. (laughs) A lot of generals in that phrase, but. Just kind of a tension in the air. Totally. Um, what was I gonna think? Oh, so what, what's your what's your situation with school? Right now, um, I've just applied. I haven't heard back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm probably gonna go in and try and talk to someone on Thursday. Just be like, "What the hell's up?" <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's kind of but, exciting. Uh, as of right now, I'd like to go back to school in the fall. Totally. As soon as I found out that you weren't going to school, I was like. I really sure hope that this is temporary because that's a, that's been interesting for me with work. Um, everybody that I work with is much younger than me. Really? Well, I, I, can't, I can't say much younger than me, like a couple years younger than me. Okay. But, yeah. So you've been kind of more a leadership role then and stuff. Yeah. And it's been funny to hear them be, it's been funny to have them be receptive to it. <laughs> to like listen to you and be like, Oh, this guy knows his stuff. Yeah. And to have people like ask for guidance from you. You're just mm-hmm. like, Oh, why? Like, why do you want to know what I think? Like, like, <laughs> like it well, doesn't. I'm new here too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you just have to like pretend like you know what's going on, and th- that has made me look at the people who I think that they know what's going on like differently. I just yeah, go, like, a whole new light. Yeah, I go, like, why do you do you actually know what's going on, or yeah. how do you make it always look like you do? Like trying to peer behind the mask, the facade. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like I really got like the paint chipper in there. I'm just kind of working things off, and eventually, I wonder, I wonder if I'll ever uh, assume like that really like responsible leadership type personality, or if I'll just begin to completely question that every that anybody can do that properly. Because <laughs> like once you're once you've had that responsibility and you realize that you're not qualified for it, you just look at other people like, are you qualified to be doing this? Like, <laughs> I've I've been kind of having that a little bit too because my boss, like one of the new guys, he's trying to kind of have me train him. Okay. And my my kind of understanding that I've gotten of it is, yeah, everyone's faking, like knowing what they're doing, mm-hmm. but things generally still work out. So yeah. like, <laughs> why not fake as well? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
yeah, I think, I think whenever I find myself kind of doing that, being like, oh yeah, we should do this because of this kind of thing. And like, maybe I'm not super confident that that's true, but I act that way. Yeah. I find that I'm not doing it for any sort of like ego reason or like building myself. It's purely because like they feel a lot better to think that I yeah. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it's, it's yeah, doing it for other people. And I think that's why parents do it. They're like, they don't act like parents because it makes them feel good. I think that they do it because they assume that that's what you want out of them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like a rock to lean on sort of thing. Yeah. Support structure. <laughs> exactly. Like it's nice to just have like what makes sense around a lot. Do you have any, do you have any sort of concluders? What is your, uh, what's your um, memento in life? I don't know. Uh, be kind. <laughs> That's tight, dude. Yeah. I agree. I've yeah. been, I've been trying to work more on like, I, I was listening to like one of my favorite artists on an NPR tiny concert or tiny, tiny desk concert recently. And uh, somebody in the crowd just like, goes like, what's on your mind at like mm -hmm. someone who's like a very famous musician. And the guy just turns around and goes like, I really appreciate that. Like <laughs> nobody ever asks me what I'm thinking about. And he just like talks yeah. about it for a little bit. And then he goes, people should ask how, we, how are you a lot more too? Like, how are you? What's on your mind? Like, if we all, like, got to know the context of everyone's current situation before we interacted and, like, tried to work out, I think things would be better. Yeah. Yeah. A little more understanding in the world could yeah. certainly not hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm.